ain't nobody built himself a brand like me I ain't signed a shoe deal cause I'm waiting for Nike To recognize all these youngins wanna be just like me Cut the check for 20 million right now when we might see Everybody rocking my kicks preaching positivity Welcome Gator Report up, readers, up, listeners, up, and viewers To another edition of the Gator Report Podcast A big one today as Lenny is back with the bucket What are you doing Leonard? You're coming back for three years Leonard it's so funny because there was a time there was a time when we had to use this graphic and talk about leonard why are you running into linemen leonard why are you missing why you the, hole? the hole leonard it's right in front of you why are you going to the right but you know what to leonard's credit this guy really became a pretty good back for the buccaneers last year uh, the voices you are hearing are myself, Scott Reynolds. Oh, there we are. Boom. There we are. Scott Reynolds and Matt Matera from Pewter Report. And uh, we're going to be talking about the running back position today, a position near and dear to my heart, as well as Leonard Fournette, and just what the addition of of Leonard back into the fold, what that means for the running back position, and also what it what it might mean for the Bucks draft plans. But uh, you know, when you look at this deal, Matt, for Leonard Fournette, it's, it's a three-year deal. It's interesting. On the podcast yesterday with John, uh, I, I talked about how the visit to New England, sometimes that is, that, that's that kind of a precursor for things getting done. Sometimes that that's a trying to drum, drum up interest, right? Yep. Trying to uh, help the situation out, if you will. And sometimes that's what agents do with teams is, and I'm not saying that that happened this time around, but sometimes players will go on visits to teams that don't really have much interest in in doing a deal, striking a deal. But it's a favor to the agents that for for a, a favor from the past or a future favor that will help their client, in this case, Leonard Fournette, get a contract. And I don't know if there's any real interest from the Patriots. John and I have discussed if you look at the Patriots depth chart at running back it's pretty yeah, stacked exactly scott not only do they have like multiple running backs under contract too but the patriots historically in the belichick era they don't really rely on one running back to essentially get the job done they are yeah. a running back by committee and everything leonard fournette was saying this offseason or what he recently tweeted about he thinks he's the top running back in this league and obviously the last two years he's been looking for a, a better deal contractually he was never going to get that from the Patriots. The Patriots don't overpay for anyone, let alone right. a running back when they have four They're running gonna... backs under contract. So yeah. I don't know how much the Bucs are really shaking in their boots to hear that right. Leonard was um, was going to uh, Foxborough on a visit. But ultimately, good way to start the morning with the, with yes. the new signing of, of Leonard Fournette. No doubt about it. And and you're right. They were not going to pay Leonard Fournette um, an average of $7 million right per, per year. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that, that the Buccaneers um, probably would have rather have not have paid that much money for Leonard. But I do think that there is some value, especially with Tom Brady coming back for one year. I, I don't know that Fournette is re-signed if Brady doesn't come back. Tom Brady wanted Leonard Fournette. I know that for a fact. And what Tom Brady wants, Tom Brady gets. If you if you haven't <laughs> picked up on that that clue over the last two years where you've been, uh, general manager Jason Light is very accommodating to assistant general manager Tom Brady. And uh, and why not? He's the greatest of all time. Walks in the door, gets you a Super Bowl. The ultimate it, recruiter. 
That's right. The, the next year, 13-4, and four, franchise best 13-win season. So maybe listening to Tom is a smart <laughs> idea, right? It's just that it's one of those things for the Buccaneers with, with Fournette that, uh, that he brings stability, right? And not only did he, Matt, pick up from where he left off from being playoff Lenny and Lombardi Lenny, but last year was supposed to be Ronald Jones's contract year. Rojo and, and Lenny had a kind of a spirited training camp battle. Fournette actually in week one asserted himself as, as the guy and didn't look back. And, and more so than that, uh, surprised me and maybe you too in the fact that Giovanni Bernard was kind of brought in to be the third down back. Lenny took away his carries and opportunities in, in the passing game as well. That's right. And sure, part of it had to do with Giovanni Bernard got hurt earlier in the season, got hurt later in the season yeah. as well, too. But Lenny showed that he's uh, he can still be a three down back and still had one of the best years of his career. I mean, his 4.5 yards per attempt was yeah. the best of his career, even going back to his Pro Bowl days with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I think it's so important, too. And I, and I agree with you that, it, you know, if we're talking about Blaine or Kyle Trask as the starter next year, yeah. Lenny at seven million probably doesn't make the most sense. But now that the Bucs are clearly in this win-now mode where it's essentially them and the Rams going for the, the NFC Championship this year, yeah. why not bring back the stability, as you said? Why not bring pretty much everyone back that helped this offense average around 30 points per game when mm -hmm. you know they were when they were going at their absolute best? And yeah, you lose Antonio Brown, but you get in a guy, Russell Gage, that could probably play a full season. We know A.B. got hurt. And I right. also think another thing to talk about, again, getting back to Leonard Fournette, is he had eight rushing touchdowns and two receiving touchdowns last year. Yeah. Outside of Mike Evans scoring 14 touchdowns in the whole season, right. Lenny was the next highest scorer for the Buccaneers Correct. last season, even after missing the, the end of the year with his injury. And obviously he was important, yeah. uh, especially in that Rams playoff game as well, too. So we're not even talking about stability. We're talking about one of your top producers on the team, even though given it, it's the running back position. And yeah. last thing, too, is if they didn't get back Leonard Fournette, the options that running back in free agency, sure, you can look at Melvin Gordon. But outside of that, I mean, the Bucks would have really had slim pickings in terms of getting your number one bell yeah. now. They can go through the draft, no question. Right. But that's it, there's, there's certainly risk in that. We're going with Leonard Fournette. You know what you're going to get. You know what you're going to get a – a solid foundation as a starting running back. And yeah. if you can improve from there, great. And if not, you already have a, a good thing going. Right. And and before he got hurt in that Saints game, you go back and, and this was a, a player that was really kind of gaining some momentum as the season went on, right? He had 92 yards, which was a, a season high against the Patriots in week four. Mm -hmm. Then he eclipsed that mark in Indianapolis with 100 yards, three touchdowns, had a receiving touchdown, was really kind of a one-man gang. And I think also showed some maturity and growth there because he's the guy that stood up at halftime and was That's rallying right. the troops, you know? So I, I, I do think that, that this money is, is, is well-earned. I, I even wrote in, in SR's fab five, I want to say maybe in November s saying, I'm not opposed to paying Leonard Fournette like up upwards of $6 million because I think that he's proven that he deserves this money. And um, we'll see now that there's some comfortability, some guaranteed money, if if he is just as motivated to earn the paycheck as he is to pursue it, right? Because that there's a difference. Sometimes players, when they get paid, they rest on their laurels a little bit. Even Ryan Jensen admitted that his first year in Tampa was his worst year, and then he felt a little embarrassed by his level of play. Then you saw uh, an even better 
you know, 2019 season, then the 2020 season, Super Bowl, 2021 was a Pro Bowl year for him. So sometimes these guys are human, right? And so yeah, I hope there's not any complacency with Leonard Fournette. And with Tom Brady in the huddle, I think that might be difficult <laughs> to, to achieve, right? I, th- I don't think that that Brady's going to let Leonard Fournette be complacent. Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady is the leader that players will not slack around him. But it's a it's a fair point that you bring up, Scott, because even when Leonard was a star in Jacksonville, he was still under his, I believe he was still under his rookie contract, yeah. if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. Or, yeah, right. so he was still under his rookie contract, so he never really got that big payday, and then they let him go. And obviously he signed with the Bucs and we know everything else that went on after that. So I think it's one thing when you quote unquote, get the bag or the running backs version of the bag, because the running backs will never get the same payday that other players once got. But I I think it's, it's something to look at for sure. Especially when you look at um, sure, he he got his, his guaranteed money and Mm -hmm. and a stable contract, which he really hasn't had in his career before. And he's coming into this year's training camp. You look at last year, as you mentioned, it was him and Ronald Jones. They were going to be the top two guys. And that competition went all the way through preseason. I think you could even make the argument. I remember their last preseason game was against the Texans. And I thought Ronald Jones played pretty well right, that, in that game. And I wasn't, I wouldn't have been surprised if he was the starter to begin the year, but they went with Leonard Fournette. And of course that was the right decision, but you fast yeah. forward to this off season and uh, training camp obviously is a couple months away, but when it comes up in August, there's not really a competition at running back. It's Leonard right. Fournette. He's the guy. Regardless of if they draft the running back, it's still going to be Lenny's job to lose. Yeah. And I can almost guarantee Bruce Arians, whether he says that at the owners' meetings or come training camp, he's going to say Leonard's our number one guy and everyone yeah. else is behind that. So the motivation really technically isn't there. But with that said, I, I do think Leonard likes the nicknames. He likes the Lombardi yeah. Lenny, playoff yeah. Lenny, Super Bowl there's, Lenny. There's a pride factor. There's an ego yes. factor there too, and, and which is healthy. Exactly. I mean, I, I, you know, egos can be a very good thing, right? I mean, you don't want to be too egotistical, but you want to have that pride and that, that sense of confidence and, and you want to show out and, and, uh, and show up. And so I, I think that, that I'm not so much concerned about that, especially with Brady, you know, being in the huddle. Mm-hmm. The other thing too, though, Matt is, is, I get the sense that Brady's coming back. It's going to be for this year. I, I'd be, I would be even more surprised if he wanted to come back for another year than I was when he retired. If that makes sense, right? So, having said that, more than likely, unless the Buccaneers do something at the quarterback position other than re-signing Kyle Tra- or re-signing Blaine Gabbard and having Kyle Trask as the guys to fight for the heir apparent job where they're going to be replacing Tom Brady in 2023, having a guy like Leonard Fournette, who at that stage will ha- will be entering year four in Bruce Arians offense. Yes. They'll probably have to rely on the running game even more. If Lenny has another year of similar or better production, that makes me feel a lot better about the offense in 2023 post Brady. Does it not? The fact that you have him for at least another year or two under contract. Yeah, absolutely. They say a lot of times, too, when you bring in a rookie quarterback or a young quarterback, you want a veteran running back in the backfield standing next to him that can really help him out and guide him with certain things. And, of course, everyone always loves having that blanket tight end. And, sure, the Bucs have Cam Brait and hopefully Gronk for for one more year, but Gronk won't really factor into having a new quarterback. But they have that down with Leonard Fournette. He's a team leader on this roster. So many people enjoy being around him. As I said, uh, the the ego, and you mentioned the ego as well, too. So 
yeah, I mean, we're we're talking about right now with, with Brady how much of a factor he is there. But I agree with you, Scott. Coming into year two and year three of his contract, we'll see what happens. Who's going to be the quarterback then? Because yeah. so much can change by then. Right. But as you said from the get go, stability and um, a guy you can count on and rely on. That's always what Bruce Aarons is looking for, especially a blocking running back. And Leonard Fournette fits that fold. So yeah. it's it's all good there. No doubt about it. And uh, and so I think the, in, the interesting thing there will be, you know, do they re-sign Giovanni Bernard? Because now you've got two running backs. You've got Keyshawn Vaughn. You've got Leonard Fournette. That can be a nice one-two punch with Fournette being yeah. the lead guy and, and Vaughn being, you know, the uh, um, the number two guy for right now. But I'm, I'm just curious uh, who they're going to draft. And then would you add Giovanni Bernard? Or is, there, is there another free agent running back that you like? John and I talked about Jarek McKinnon from Kansas City, even Daryl Williams from Kansas City. They, they, they liked a couple Kansas City backs before, right? They had the practice squad kid. They had Le'Veon Bell. So I just just wonder, what are your thoughts on Giovanni Bernard? And are there any other free agent running backs that you like that might come for a one-year prove-it, want to win a ring, want to play with Brady, uh, veteran minimum type deal? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm all for bringing back Giovanni Bernard because I still think there's a little bit of unfinished business uh, just from, again, all the injuries he had last year and just seeing him for one year and getting to talk to him at some of the press conferences. I just really like where his headspace is at. He knows his role on the team. He knows that he's going to uh, play third down role, but also be a mentor to for what most of the part was is a, a younger running backs group. Even I, I know. Ronald Jones won't be here, but being a mentor to Jones and, and Keyshawn Vaughn, I think there's a lot of value in that there. And I also think, too, even though we talked about Leonard Fournette being a a three-down back, a bell cow, mm. I'm all for that, but I don't think that's necessarily be the case from week one all the way to I week agree. 17, week yep. 18, because you're just going to – you're going to run them too tired. That's when injuries start occurring when you're on sure. the field so much. So if you want to do that in December during a playoff push and into the playoffs, I'm all for right. that. But then you go into the season, and and Keyshawn Vaughn, I'm okay with him. I don't love him. He showed some flashes at the end of the season with his big run against Carolina, but he dropped a lot of passes, and yeah. he, um, you know, wasn't really great at, at pass blocking either. Yeah, I think there I was some more from him yeah. before I'm, I'm, you know, I'm on the, the, the right exactly. So I'm on bandwagon. Yeah, so I, I'm fine with sneak just giving Leonard Fournette a rest on first and second down. Yeah. But when you're talking about third down, if you're going to draft a, a, a running back and you're going to have a rookie running back in there, um, that's a big risk too, because not sure. every rookie running back is great at pass blocking when they first come in. So I think it's important to bring in a veteran, uh, Giovanni right. Bernard. I just said I'm on board for, I like the two Kansas city guys as well, especially uh, McKinnon, because yeah. I think he's so versatile in, Obviously, the passing game, we're talking about third down. That's all you really want. I, I think that's a big help. Um, so the, the two Kansas City guys I'd be down for. Tariq Cohen is, is a very, I don't want to say like a splashy name, but obviously yeah. he had a little bit of success in, in Chicago. And he's kind of more towards one of the top running backs, I guess, that's still on free agency. So I don't even yeah. know. He's just Who knows? He's, com he's coming off that injury. He's still exactly. recovering so, from that ECL in yeah, 2020. So you, you, you talked about that in the Fab yeah. Five, so that's where it, it you know, kind of registered into my head a little bit. Like, guys coming off an injury looking to prove things. Oh, hey, Tom Brady yeah. is right here. Just knocked over the mic. 
Yep. Um, so he's a veteran guy that has talent coming off an injury. I don't know if he would want to play for a cheap deal because that's essentially what the Bucks are looking at at this point right. for veteran rookie running backs. But if he or for veteran running backs on on short deals, no, but if he no, wants to take that no. and go with Brady, Brady's recruited a lot of guys. It wouldn't necessarily right. shock me. The thing too with with Tariq Cohen, if he's back to where he was, he was a Pro Bowler in 2018. The guy threw yeah. a touchdown pass. He caught touchdowns. He rushed for touchdowns. He had a punt return for a touchdown. So he can be a dynamic playmaker if he's healthy. And, of course, that, that's the big thing. It took Jarek McKinnon three years, really, to get back from his ACL injury to be what he was in Kansas City during that playoff run. I mean, he was still third fiddle behind Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, mm -hmm. Darrell Williams, you know, who's another interesting back because Williams, I believe, played with Fournette uh, at LSU and really had a slow 40 time coming out of – out of uh, college, I believe went undrafted, and but you know he's that type of player that Kansas City likes. That is a guy that can run and catch the ball, very similar to what Tampa Bay has in mind. Mark Fisher has a question: Seven million dollars, Scott, in your plan, you said six million. I'm happy, but do you feel we overpaid? I don't know. I, I seven million, six million. I, I'll put it like this, Mark, uh, and that's a good question. I appreciate that, and uh, uh, and and your donations to to Peter Report. Uh, I'll put it like this, and this is a graphic that I kind of surprised John Ledyard, who's anti-running back, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. But I'll, I'll put this up, and th this kind of explains a lot. This was the the wide receiver tight end analysis versus the running backs, essentially. And you can see here, now listen, I'll be the first to admit, you've got the quarterback whisperer, Matt. That's your head coach, yep. Bruce Aarons. You've got the greatest quarterback of all time in Tom Brady. You've got a offensive play caller in Byron Leftwich, who was – a first round draft pick and was a quarterback, right? So it lines up perfectly passing game, passing game, passing game. Then you throw in all the rule changes. Uh, oh, and by the way, you have a $20 million wide receiver in Chris Godwin, a $16 million receiver in Mike Evans and a $10 million receiver in Russell Gage. So your third wide receiver is making more than your starting running back, right? That's, that's the hierarchy of the salary cap and and how the Buccaneers value the positions. That being said, let's go to the production and actually look. Last year, the running backs totaled 447 touches. The receivers and tight ends only uh, had 392 touches, okay, combined. So the running backs, whether you like them or not, whether you feel like running backs have a place in today's game or not, the stats are what they are. Were the receivers more productive? Of course. When you're going to yeah. pass the ball, you're you're going to get more than 4.5 yards, uh, as Lenny did, 4.5 yards per carry. Uh, you're going to get more yardage, right? You're going to get more touchdowns because you got Tom Brady, right? And and the Buccaneers will throw the ball over the yard. But if you just look at the numbers, 447 touches compared to 392, that means somebody has to carry the ball. Somebody has to to touch it, and you can even see. The running backs combined for 110 catches for 698 yards. I mean, all the running backs combined for more catches than Mike Evans had last year. So they're still going to throw the ball to the running backs, Matt. They're still going to hand off the ball and have a semblance of a running game. So you got to have somebody to do that. And why not Leonard Fournette? Because he knows this offense. He excelled in it. And, and I thought until he got hurt, played really well down the stretch. We talked about the Indianapolis game. Look at the Buffalo game. 47-yard touchdown was key, right? 19 carries, 113 yards, 
averaged 5.9 yards per carry in that game. So uh, I, I just I think it's a good fit, whether it's seven million per year, six million per year. It is what it is. I, I think it's it's also it's it's another hole that this team has has filled, and it gives them more flexibility when they attack the draft. Yeah, and you know the Bucks love to throw the little screen passes, the little dump off passes to Lenny, and that's where he's so important in that. And Scott, you mentioned that the the running backs had 698 yards. Well, Leonard Fournette had 454 of those receiving yards, so he was yeah. getting you know the lion's share of of the impact plays right. by the running backs at that position. And yeah, I, I thought the contract numbers were interesting because I, I was talking about it and I was writing about it yesterday. We saw a couple of recent running back deals like Cordell Patterson and, yeah. and Chase Edmonds and James Conner, and they were getting, uh, between their three deals, it was around five to seven million per year. Right. And I remember saying like, all right, well, if Leonard wants something like that, it might be a little bit too rich for yeah. – you know what the Bucks are looking for, what they're trying to build around this team and get under the cap room. And lo and behold, the next morning, it's like, all right, seven million per year, three in, years. The Leonard's on board. But again, you're in a win now mode. So yeah. if you if if you're really if you're really worried about, oh, like we only want to give him six million versus seven million. Yeah. But if we lose him, then we don't really have a lot of a lot of other options. Then you're not going all in. So it's right. win now. It, it it's it like the Bucks aren't going to look in a year or two from now and be like, ah, you know, that contract by Fournette is really killing the box. They're not really going to be able to sign anyone exactly. else. So yeah. I, I think I, it, I think it's a win-win for both teams. Really? I think Brady said, let's get it done. And the front office said, okay, we don't want to pay that much, but we're just going to get it done. Right. Because we want to yeah. keep Tom happy. And, 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 and folks, there's, there's a lot of this that, that went <laughs> down. Trust me. This, I, I think that there are some people, at one Buccaneer place at the Advent Health Training Center that would prefer to have paid Fournette less, but it was just a matter of getting the deal done and making sure that Brady had his running back. And they're still going to draft a running back. Um, but uh, uh, we had a super chat from Ted Curtis. Appreciate that as always. Thank, Thank you, you for the super chats. I'm not clear how physicals work as far as signings go, but do you think uh, Larry Ogunjobi would be worth the risk if we could get him at a discount? Yeah, possibly. You're talking about the defensive tackle from Cincinnati. Um, it's not a great draft for defensive linemen, so there would be some value in getting a guy like Ogunjobi. I think the only issue is he's a very good pass rusher. I think he had seven sacks this yep. year before. He's he in my hurt. battle plan. That's right. He was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So maybe you can talk more about him. But but as it pertains to the to the physicals, uh, you have to be able to pass a physical. You don't have to, but but. Teams want to make sure that you're physical and, uh, and uh, that you can pass that physical and, and that you'll be well enough to compete. Uh, obviously, for example, a team could sign Chris Godwin. He's not going to be able to pass the physical right now. They're saying the, yeah. the Bucks let him go in free agency. So you have that that right to sign a player or draft a player if they don't clear your, your staff medically. That's a risk that you take. And I think the Bears might have seen something, and that was a pretty recent injury too, that maybe yep. gave them some pause. It doesn't mean that the Bears or another team can't circle back around and sign Ogunjobi, but what did you like about him to put him in your battle plan, Matt? The thing that really stood out to me, and as you just mentioned, the, the seven sacks, because Bruce Arians mentioned at the Combine, the thing that they're looking for is a, is a, a bit of a quicker first-step type of yeah. defensive lineman, a quicker guy that they can line up next to Vita Vea. So I thought he's pretty good getting off the snap, really, and I, I think coming from... Uh, you know, teams with pretty good pass rush with the Bengals and also playing for the Browns. 
Um, he knows his job playing up front where he's got to create the space for the edge rusher, you know, obviously playing with Miles Garrett and players like that. Now he'll be, well, <laughs> hypothetically, if he was playing for the box, he'd be with Shaq Barrett. I like the idea that he could get some of those, he could eat some of those um, the double teams and things like that. But when he gets those one-on-one opportunities, seven sacks, obviously that's ideal for a defensive lineman, especially in, in this Buccaneers type of defense mm-hmm. when usually it's Shaq getting the job done. And he's very versatile too. I mean, wasn't overall like the best in, uh, you know, in, in stopping the run. But I think too, he does a lot of the little things that the Bucs are really looking for in terms of taking the double team, getting off the pass rush and, and right. really making some more impact plays than you see from your typical, you know, second defensive lineman yeah. um, on the team. Yeah. It, it, you know, I don't know this to be a fact, but um, if, if I had to guess, it might be a situation where Larry Ogunjobi is energized by Celsius. I don't oh, know. Yeah. But I wonder I what his know, favorite flavor is. <laughs> yeah. But what I do know is the Peter Report podcast is energized by Celsius. Folks, it's the best energy drink on the market. You're rocking the grape, which I really appreciate. Not only is yeah. purple a fantastic color of my Kansas State Wildcats, but it's also That's a right. tremendous flavor. I love the grape. Folks, I'm on the new – this is the Stevia kind. If you see the, the green label right here, this means it's it's been sweetened with Stevia. And you've heard me talk about one of my favorite flavors, the orange pomegranate. This is a top five. Actually, it's number three for me. Uh, it, it is bumped out grape. Wow. Great grape still in the top five. But uh, it's it's orange. Um, and you know what? This this might be number two right now. I've had so many of these. I would say this is number nice. two. Uh, and I'm going to go with grape number three. And then the interesting thing is we just had in the chat, somebody talked about the cola flavor. Let's see if I can pull Oh, I here. haven't had that one yet, but that one yeah. I'd be really excited about. Yeah, I can't find the comment now. I was going to pull it up, but listen, folks, if you do like soda, if you like the taste of cola, you need to try this Celsius. It's cola flavored. Uh, I'm not going to name any brand names, but it tastes just like some of those brand names. The beauty of this is like all Celsius product, there's no sugar. It's just energy and there's no preservatives. That what that means is you get all the taste, all the flavor, and all the energy that you want and need without the sugar crash because that's so annoying, Matt. You sit there and you you drink an energy drink. I'm not going to name any, any of their competitors, but I've I, for, for years before I got into Celsius. You drink them, and then a couple hours later, after that little rush is gone, the, here comes the out. sugar crash. Yeah. And it's like, what's the point? But, folks, whether it's the cola flavored, whether it's the new stevia flavored, and, and, just, and just so you know, I was rocking the – the cucumber lime, which I think is Casey Hudson's favorite. This is a really good flavor here as well. Uh, nice, crisp, refreshing flavor. So uh, whether it's any of those flavors, whether it's the grape one that Matt is rocking or any of the flavors that Celsius had, the Fuji sparkling, uh, the Fuji apple pear, sparkling flavor, strawberry guava, the wild berry, tropical vibe, peach vibe. There's so many flavors. Once you decide which flavor you like, and you can go to Celsius.com, Click on the store locator, find out where they're sold near you. But once you narrow down which flavors you like, go to Amazon, buy them in bulk, hit the subscribe and save. They show up at your door whenever you want them on a weekly basis, every other week, once a month, whatever. And that's the beauty. You save money when you order them on on, uh, Amazon and uh, do what I did to get the variety pack. They'll put a bunch of them in there for you. That's how I kind of rediscovered the cola flavor. And uh, I enjoy this from time to time as well. So Celsius, they get it done. Our show is energized by Celsius. Check out the Power Bars, too. They are very good. 
you know what, Matt? We're going to talk about the power bars real quick. We're talking about the fast uh, energy bars, um, uh, the, the protein bars. Yep. And what I love about this uh, special offer is is 20% off uh, on Amazon through the end of the month. So you can get these great tasting protein bars. They go great with your energy drinks. And folks, they taste like candy. It's the only way to describe it. Most <laughs> of the time, protein bars are gross. They taste like sawdust. They taste like wood chips. They break whatever. all over the place yes. in front of you and your hands too. Yes. I don't know how the scientists at Celsius come up with these great flavors for their energy drinks. But the scientists that come up with the, with the flavors for the fast bar, whether it's the, the white chocolate cookies and cream mm -hmm. or the... Uh, the chocolate, peanut, salted caramel, they're tremendous. You got to get these. Save 20% off now on Amazon using the promo code 20HOLDFAST. That's through the end of the month. Uh, if you have teenage kids like, like me, they're looking for a great grab-and-go snack to eat at school uh, or something to snack on after school before dinner, uh, Fast Bars are the way to go. Well, Matt, um, we talked about some of the holes getting filled up now, and this is yet another hole for the Buccaneers on their roster that has um, has been solidified. So let's take a look at that real quick. Let's look at 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 the at the the Bucks offense right now, and you can see that just about every single starter uh, is is there now. And Ali Marpet's gone, but I get a feeling that either Aaron Stanley, Nick Leverett, or maybe they draft a rookie. And I don't think Zion Johnson and I don't think Kenyon Green are going to be available, but they might draft another rookie or they might even put Robert Hainsey in the mix as well now that that Ryan Jensen's back. But this is a pretty good-looking offense now with Russell Gage in there at number three. We believe Rob Gronkowski is going to return, so that will pretty much give them their starting 11 right there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, there, there's no talent wise. There's no replacing a guy like Antonio Brown in terms of the wide receiver three, but getting a guy in like Russell Gage, and then you immediately get a replacement or replace one of the guards with Alex Kappa leaving to get Shaq Mason in there. And I think you're going to have a great competition at left guard, replacing Ali Marpet, as you mentioned with Stinney and, and Leverett and possibly Hainsey, where even though certainly you're going to get a player that's at this moment, not as talented as Ali Marpet. You're going to get a guy, though, that earned that position. So I don't see a ton of drop-off from the, the offensive line or even the receivers group. Again, no replacing the talent of Brown. Right. But I think Gage will be an excellent addition to the offensive line. So I'm looking at an, uh, another team this year where I don't see a ton of drop-off in terms of, especially at home, they were scoring 30 points a game. And I know they right. have a much tougher opponents this year. But I see no reason why, again, Tom Brady can't lead the NFL in passing yards and the Bucs can't have a top five, top three, top one offense because they still yeah. have all the talent. They didn't lose too many guys in terms yeah. of that we're going to see a team just really struggle to get it all together. They have the core pieces in there now mm -hmm. with running back at Leonard Fournette. And you could get another weapon in there, whether yeah. it's, you know, as we mentioned, you want another wide receiver because of injuries. Scott, yeah. you talked about that a lot. I think the last time we were on the podcast together that mm -hmm. they're still looking for a fourth wide receiver depending on what rookie running back they bring in or what veteran right. running back they bring in there's still a, an opportunity to get another weapon for tom brady in there and then also tight end as well too i know gronk mm -hmm. is coming back and cam Brate. we know what this he's going to bring to the team tight end. but yeah, yeah a, a very really uh a very good uh stacked as you said a class at tight end so i mean what's the, there's no reason to think that they can't 
draft a tight end late, but still have an impact on this team because yeah. the Bucks like to use a lot of different tight ends. So they already have you're, great you're right. weapons and could still bring in another talented player here or there, here or two, that's really going to help this team be the 30-point producers that they have been. We'll look at the defense in just a second, but I think offensively, right, it's like you talk about maybe another guard uh, to throw in the mix just yes. add for depth, uh, another tight end for sure, and that could be a day three guy because it's so deep at the, at the tight end position. Running back could also be a day three guy because you've got Leonard now, you've got a third rounder invested in Keyshawn Vaughn. There's still a lot of guys in – and uh, that there will be third day guys that I think can, can fit the, what the Bucks want to do in terms of running the ball. Um, so I think it, it gives them a lot of flexibility. But speaking of flexibility, uh, Scott, did you see Jeff Howe reported that Brady's restructuring his contract? That is a premature report. That is not happening. That has not happened today. Let's put it that way. I know that for a fact. They will do something. But, but it, it, it's uh, that report was premature. It, it, they haven't done that yet. Uh, doesn't mean it can't happen tomorrow. But they have not done Brady's deal yet. But that's that's something that is, is will be in the works. But um, they were busy doing Fournette's deal yesterday and, and today. So uh, at some point in time, they'll do that. And, and I think that that's kind of when when Brady does that his his restructure. I think that will free up money for Gronkowski to come back. There's no rush there to get him back. Looking at at the defensive side, Matt, um, there is a little bit of a sense of urgency, right? Yep. On the defensive side, especially the defensive line, right? You look at Shaq Barrett, Joe Tryon Schwenka, they're back. Vita Bay, obviously with the contract extension, but defensive line, what we're talking about is defensive tackle, the the five technique, the defensive end spot, and Dominic Sue, Will Golston have every reason to believe they're going to come back. I think right now the Buccaneers are just letting the market settle a little bit and trying to get them at, at a, a better price. Uh, sometimes patience pays off. Mm -hmm. But I, I still think that if if these guys re-sign, and Dominic Sue and Will Golston, right, that you've got Mike Edwards as the placeholder at safety, I think right now it opens up a lot of flexibility with what they can do in terms of getting another defensive lineman in the mix because – Steve McClendon might have to be replaced if he decides not to come back. He's what, 36 or 46 yeah. or 56? <laughs> yeah, he, like he's up there. Hey, he'll always have the interception, though, on Monday night. That's right. Against the Giants. Yes. Yeah. So he but, has a special but, but, place in Buck's history. No doubt. But when you look at <laughs> when you look at this, though, it, it doesn't mean they're beholden to take a defensive lineman in the first or second round. They can wait till, till day three because they've got, they would have their starter set with Sue and Golston. And you get a guy that's a developmental guy. They can come in. Same thing. You can draft a cornerback, but getting Carlton Davis back doesn't mean you have to get one in the first round or the second round. Uh, you know, safety is an interesting position because Mike Edwards is is in a contract year himself, and although Logan Ryan has some safety experience, John and I were thinking he probably is better served to be a, a nickel uh, cornerback, a slot cornerback, uh, in contention for some some playing time with with the uh, Sean Murphy bunting. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Cause I know Jason light said yesterday and ultimately he doesn't, it's up to the coaches to make the decision, right. but he said that they viewed him as a safety, but he does have experience playing uh, the, the nickel position. I would find that very interesting though, because it kind of goes back to a lot of things that we talked about with Mike Edwards in general of does this team trust Mike Edwards to be a full-time starter or, or as well as some of us being like, they should trust Mike Edwards as being a starter, let right. him get in there and 
be the guy that's going to create all the turnovers. And on, on the other side at nickel, though, it it seems like, you know, Sean Murphy bunting struggled a fair amount. Russ Cockrell was great in training camp, but that didn't yeah. really necessarily translate over to right. what he did and, and during think, the regular season. I think Logan Ryan ends up taking Russ Cockrell's spot on the depth chart. Okay. I think I think that's the roster move that ultimately happens. And then Ryan gives you that that positional flexibility. It's just that we saw Mike Edwards play in the slot so much, right? He replaced Ross Cockrell, right? When, yeah. when Sean Murphy Bunting was was added, so he came back. So I don't know. I I, I think that's that's an area they want to upgrade. Um, you know, and, and even if you look at that that ill timed blitz, right? I mean, it wasn't it wasn't all <laughs> Anton Winfield's fault, but they didn't like that matchup on the slot receiver, you know, the, not just the best slot receiver in football, the best receiver in football last year in Cooper cup. I mean, it was just doomed from the start, but I, I think, I think that's, that's an area where they really have to, to hone in on. And sometimes, you know, you try to find these cornerbacks that, that can play inside or out. And if you look at Carlton Davis, he's really an outside guy. And you look at yeah. Jamal, Jamal Dean, he's an outside guy, but sometimes some of these nickel guys like, like a Dax Hill, from Michigan, right? He's he's a safety, but really was a slot corner. And I think maybe that's what Logan Ryan will be end up being for the Bucs. We'll see. Yeah, that'd be great. And I think it's important, too, for the Bucs this year to really establish uh, a nickel that I guess you can really trust. Because I think that's been the big issue is that the Bucs have had to move some guys around so much, partially because of injury, but partially because of just lack of production especially with sean murphy bunting i know he missed the you know a lot of the beginning of the year because he yeah. got hurt on opening night but i think really establishing that third that third corner or, you know the nickel corner that you want to talk about will really breed a lot of success for the bucks i think if you go back to the playoffs uh when the, on the super bowl run that's when sean murphy bunting was producing and he was getting right. all of those interceptions i think it, it made a big difference so i think it would be great if ryan could really do that and the buck can trust Mike Edwards to be the safety that they wanted him to be. Now it gets tricky too, again, because Edwards is in the last year of his deal and Murphy Bunting's in the last year of his deal and Jamel Dean, the same situation for him. And who knows if they're going to be able to bring back everyone. So as much as help as they need on the defensive line, and I'm all for them addressing that right away through the draft as well, along with re-signing Sue and Golson and guys like that. Yeah, But I would love, and obviously this is asking for a lot, but the Bucks kind of have to thread a needle here if they want to draft the corner and a safety in this year's draft where, mm -hmm. again, as I talked about, the Bucks are all in this year, yeah. and I don't want the Bucks to take away from that. Right. But it would be ideal if they could really draft a guy that can make some sort of impact this year at corner right. or safety, and then you also it, know... You, you don't want to draft a, another Kyle Trask with your second-round pick who is right. not even going to dress. But right. you also want a guy <laughs> or, that Or like Robert can, Hainsey, your third-round pick, who, what, saw 41 snaps this year? I mean, it, exactly. I understand, I mean, I understand what, what they did last year because mm -hmm. they brought everybody back. But I agree yeah. with you, Matt. You, you can't be drafting guys in the first and second round and then say, well, they'll have to sit there and wait and buy their time, right? They, they need to help, help and contribute this year. Yeah, like if Jamel Dean were to leave next year, I would feel much better if the Bucks were like, oh, all right, it sucks that Jamel Dean is gone, but hey, we drafted player XYZ, and right. he did. He had some positive aspects of last season. I feel better about him coming in and being the number two corner if Jamel Dean has to leave. I'm not saying he's going right. to leave, but if that situation happens, versus – Ooh, we lost Jamel Dean. He got overpaid somewhere else. Now we have to draft the corner yeah, in the first playing. or second round and this year. Right and yeah. now you're trusting a second, a, a rookie cornerback to line up alongside Carlton Davis. Hmm. Yeah. 
who are the opponents going to pick on the rookie cornerback? You know, it just, I I would, I would really like it if they really had a guy in place this year and that they can rely on for next season. I know it contradicts the the all in approach, but I think there's a way you could thread the needle. Well, yeah, you get a guy that that really can come in here and compete. Don't just redshirt him. Get a guy that can come in here and, and, and either push Jamel Jean to greatness or push him to the bench and push Sean Murphy uh, Sean Murphy bunting to greatness or push him to the bench. You know, I'm, I'm all for yeah. it. And, and, uh, and don't just hand the job to Mike Edwards to safety draft to safety, get him in here and, and, and see if he can split time or, or steal the job. I mean, I think, I think that's what competition is all about. Uh, we talked yeah. yesterday about, about our bucks mock draft uh, hitting today. It did not hit, nor will it hit because there's a couple of pro day guys that I wanted to, to keep an eye on today, guys that might be in our mock draft. There's a couple of schools today and tomorrow that that uh, on the heels of the tragic David Ajabo news from Michigan, I did not want to sit awful. there and destroy a mock draft with a freak injury, right? I didn't want to sit there and say the Bucks in, in the, the latest Peter Report draft in the first or second round of drafting this guy, and then he goes out of his pro day and has a catastrophic injury and he's not going to play as, or as a rookie. So just to err on the side of caution, the mock is still being formulated, but there are a slew of pro days today and tomorrow I wanted to take a look at before possibly putting some of those guys in just to make sure that, <laughs> that there are no unfortunate injuries like that. Leo with the $5 super chat. Thank These you, new contracts are three years. Has to mean something for Brady, maybe another year. I, I want the Bucks to sign Julio Jones as wide receiver for maybe Honey Badger all in. Um don't think they're going to sign Julio Jones because they're not going to go four wide receivers. Uh, and Julio Jones is not going to come here and sit on the bench. He would, right. would come here with the player of his stature, even though he's no longer that guy. But there's a, a player of his stature. I don't think he's taking the veteran minimum either. Correct. You know? Like yeah. they're not going to get him on an Antonio Brown deal. I think Jones is yes. still very talented. Yes, he's not the same player he was a couple seasons right. ago. But when he's healthy, he's still playing very well. He just can't yeah. really stay healthy. Yeah, and you just don't know what you're going to get. I mean, uh, and the other thing, too, is 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 Jason Light's buddy, John Robinson, just had to deal with a year of, of, of a non-productive Julio Jones. Yeah. So he's not going to get exactly the thumbs up or the glowing recommendation from Tennessee, which I understand. And, and that's, you know, the, that's the thing. The other thing, too, is the, the salary cap situation. Again, you've got a $20 million receiver, a $16 million receiver, a $10 million receiver. How much money do you have left for wide receiver <laughs> for Julio Jones? You just yeah. don't have that money. Honey Badger, I, I just don't think that that he's in the cards. I'm not saying it wouldn't happen, but it would have to be for the right price because they let Jordan Whitehead walk over $6 million. I, how much is he going to command? How much is right. Tyron Matthew going to command? And how much do you have left to pay him? Yeah, I don't think he's going to get what his like initial asking price was, right. which I believe it was around like one of the highest paid safeties yeah. in the league. So I don't think he's going to get that. But I also, so he like Tyron Matthew doesn't have to settle for, oh, I'm going to take a cheaper deal and go try to win a ring because he already won a ring. All right, yeah. he, he like he doesn't have to go and do that. And I understand he's got the he's got a great relationship with Bruce Arians. He's obviously mm-hmm. the, the coach that drafted him. But I still think Tyron Matthew is going to. Like I, I could see Dallas overpaying him, and I know Dallas had to yes. get rid of a lot of guys just to get under the salary cap and trade right. Amari Cooper and guys like that. But I could still see Matthew getting uh, a you know a, a contract that he would be very happy with, where he could still be the number one safety, not really have to try to earn his spot, and yeah. which he 
but at least be in competition with with Mike Edwards, I right. would say. So I think he's still going to get paid way more than the Bucks can really even afford at this point. Yeah, Mikey with a couple of super chats again. We appreciate these. When is John dropping his mock draft? Um, John and I actually collaborate on the Peter Report mock draft. I write it up, but but uh, that's a collaborative effort. It's that's something where I, I kind of come up with some names and we kind of talk about it and. And um, even though it's, Rock, paper, it's author, for uh... yeah, yeah. <laughs> even though it's authored by us, uh, by me, it, it's one of those things that there's definitely some collaboration on. Uh, John does come out with his own uh, NFL first round mock draft. He he's already done one of those. Mm -hmm. I think he'll do another one probably next week, is my guess. And then uh, so this is our Peter Report third mock draft. We'll have two more. We'll have one of the, at the, the beginning of April, and then another one the week of the draft. So we're, we're narrowing down some of the guys we're getting some information on. Uh, Mike also points out um, when when we drafted Joe Tryon, um, he failed his physical. Well, that, that's that's a situation where he was injured. The Bucks knew that, but but he certainly participated in training camp, et cetera. So I, I, I definitely think that that he's he's in position. Matt, are you doing some house cleaning over there? What's Oh, do you hear that drilling? Yes. Okay. It must a vacuum be cleaner. I think it's my neighbor or something like that. Okay. It's not coming from in my apartment. I okay. apologize if it's okay. just uh, just tell them we're, we're doing a live show here, and if if they could, there you go, Matt. <laughs> Take control, of your care of business. Um, so yeah, it's one of those things. Sometimes that does happen uh, where where players where will will you know be injured coming into a team via the draft or whatever, and and they know that, and, and they know the timetable for recovery, et cetera. Obviously, Joe Tryanchinka didn't miss any time. Last year, again, more super chats. Appreciate these. So, no Julio Jones. No, Matt. Do you see Julio Jones coming to Tampa? I don't, for the reasons we already I talked about. Yeah, yeah, we just talked about it. It's still going to be too much money. He's not going to be wide receiver four. When he can go to, he can go to a team like the Packers. They clearly need a wide receiver. Yeah, sure, they're trading their best guy. So, yeah. there's a lot of better options for Julio Jones out there. One of those guys might be Christian Watson. He might be a guy that would be would be wide receiver number four. The, the Tampa kid from Plant High School. He might be in contention for, you know, coming to Tampa, maybe in the second round. And, and I, I think that's the important thing. Whoever wide receiver four is probably needs to be on that rookie contract, that cheaper deal yeah. to help the Buccaneers from a salary camp standpoint, or it's maybe Rashad Perriman on his, his one year cheap deal as well. We'll see. I'm, I'm kind of Casey Hudson won't like this, but I'm kind I'm kind of out on Rashad Perriman. Like, all right, it's great to have him back. He can compete. Right. But like you know, he didn't really play special teams. He didn't have much of an impact other than the the overtime touchdown against right. Buffalo. I'd rather just see like a rookie come in. Like I don't know what to make of Christian Watson because I think he's super talented. And initially, yeah. it was like, oh, he could be like a day three pick or maybe a, a developmental third or fourth player. Round guy. Yeah. But then you know, he dominated at the Senior Bowl. He dominated even more at the Combine. Now he's moving up. Like I don't even know if Christian Watson's going to be available for the Bucks unless. You know, they want to draft them early. And I don't I would love to have him in Tampa. I just I don't know if he's necessarily going to be there. But, yeah, I do think it should be a, a rookie wide receiver, regardless of who they take. That yep. should be competing for a wide receiver for. And, uh, you know, the, you got Tyler Johnson and Jalen Darden, but their stocks aren't too high right now. No, they're not. So we'll, no, uh, we'll they're, see. they're not. I think they're in danger of, of, um, of not making the team and, and maybe even Scotty Miller, too. Uh, folks, we have, we're closing in on 8,000 subscribers. Imagine like how quickly we've grown this this Peter Report YouTube channel that we call Peter Report TV. It's because of you. We greatly appreciate it. If you're watching the yeah. live show, make sure you're hitting the like button. What that does is that helps 
our algorithms on YouTube helps other Buccaneer fans out there find us. And uh, you all like the content so much, so help spread the word. And you can do that real quick and easy by subscribing to our, our YouTube channel, Peter Report TV. Also hitting the like button. We're, uh, I think, less than 300 away from 8,000 subscribers. That's our, our goal by draft day. It's all because you guys. We greatly appreciate that. So thank you very much. Uh, also, too, we, we want to appreciate all the super chats that we get. And yes. there's another way. Some people, you know, they watch the Peter Report podcast. They listen to it. They they don't have the the ability to do the super chats because they're not subscribed, and that's okay. Um, maybe they want to throw some uh, internet tips our way, right? With our internet tip jar, you can do that by going to pewterreport.com backslash donation. You can donate to the site as a one-time donor for as little as $10. If you like the Peter Report podcast, if you like Matt's content, mine and JC and Josh's and Casey's and John's, if you like the mock drafts, if you like the breaking news we, we do, if you like the social media updates we provide, you want to give us an attaboy or an internet tip, here's how you can do it. PeterReport.com backslash donation. We also have monthly options. So if you wanted to become a monthly donor, we greatly appreciate that. All the money we get from our donations goes right back into Peter Report, whether it's our travel budget, whether it's the equipment we use to do these podcasts, software upgrades, webmaster fees, all of that stuff goes right back into the podcast and the content on PeterReport.com that you enjoy. Those monthly subscriber levels or donation levels are $3, $5, and $9. So we greatly appreciate all of the help we get from you guys because at the end of the day, this is your show. We're just hosting it and giving you all the information that we get for you. Absolutely. And I'm lucky just to to be a part of it, especially here at, at Peter Report. And I mean, you look around the content. I mean, Tom Brady comes back out of retirement. We drop an emergency podcast. That's All right. the free agency. We're <laughs> on top of every single one. We, we have live shows where you can hear drilling from my neighbor in the back of the apartment, but we go live all the time. You, you take press conferences, the combines, all the other things we do. We're, we're dropping multiple articles every single day. You're getting nonstop content from PeterReport.com, but we do it all because we wouldn't be a website without our fans. So thank you yes. all to you guys for, um, for obviously being a fan of us and, and yeah. keeping and for, and for the support stuff. and helping yeah. out our sponsors too. That's a, uh, no doubt. And Matt, it's probably a good time for me to talk about one of those sponsors, uh, the great folks over at Amuni Financial. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Dude, congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow today amy and e financial plan ahead stay ahead now nah, we got to colorado man we got to do it i've been wanting to go it's on my list of uh, places right. i want to travel to well i'm going to try to use some of the money that i've made from amy uni financial to to get to colorado maybe we'll have a pewter report retreat there in the off season that'd be fun yeah but listen i've told you guys for quite a while about amy uni financial how they can help you with whether it's advisory services or brokerage services, legacy retirement planning, um, investment banking, insurance services, annuities, they do all of that. But they also do these tremendous things uh, such as web seminars, right? They call them webinars and they have one tomorrow. So if you want some insight into what goes on at Immunity Financial, if you're thinking about maybe giving them your business, 
That's what I did. That's where most of my uh, financial um, portfolios are, are managed by uh, the, the folks uh, over there at Immunity Financial. Mark and Dave do a great job. They have a live stream tomorrow. You can sign up for it. Uh, we've got posts on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, you, but go to immunity.com backslash seminar. You can you can log into it right there and and sign up for free. It's a free webinar. It will last an hour tomorrow. Perfect over your lunch break from 1230 to 1.30. It's free financial advice. It doesn't get any better than that. There's no obligation to join. There's no obligation to do anything. There's no risk whatsoever. Uh, all they want you to do is just listen. And, and if you like what you hear during tomorrow's live stream webinar, that's Wednesday, March 23rd from 1230 to 1.30, well, then maybe consider uh, setting up a meeting with, with Mark or Dave or, or some of the, of the great folks over there at Immuni and have them manage your money and, and make more money for you. That's that's what they're, they're all about. And who doesn't like making money? That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, I, I, what are your thoughts on, speaking of money, what are your thoughts on the Buccaneers policy of having to, if you're a new season ticket holder, having to not just get season tickets for 2022, but also 2023? Right. I, th I think I think the Lasers are saying, are you a Buccaneers fan or are you a Brady fan? Right. It's it's funny. I was actually talking about that with people on Sunday and they were like, oh, like we're so excited. They like they want to see Tom Brady play over the last two years, but they really couldn't because like the pandemic and they weren't able to get to a game last right. year. So like, oh, like we can go and, and see him again this year. And I was like, yeah. And did you hear what they're doing about the, the season tickets and everything? You know what? I get it. Yeah. this is sports and it's entertainment and it's fun, but there is yeah. a business side to it. Right. So I'm not totally against it. Like why not take advantage of, all right, well, we got you in the building with Brady. Now you got to stay one more right. year. I, like I don't, I understand why Buck, why Bucks fans might not be too happy about it. Like why do I have to commit to two years? Like I only want to do a year by year basis. I understand that, but I also get the business side of it. So like, I'm okay with it. You know yeah. what you're getting into. You, you understand the risk of, well, Brady's probably not going to be back after this season. But, hey, you know, going to an NFL game is still a ton of fun. Tailgating, a ton of fun. So you can still go to Raymond James Stadium and have a great time. And you still get Tom Brady this year. So I get it. I understand it. So uh, let's see. Um, we have some some interesting news here I was just taking a look at um, from Greg Allman. Former Bucks wide receiver Mike Williams, whose off-field problems led – Tim getting traded to the Bills in 2014 is back in legal trouble again. There's a warrant out for his arrest. Warrant uh, see, uh, for failing to appear in court in or on a misdemeanor battery charge uh, from an incident back in October. Williams was accused in October of hitting his girlfriend in the apartment in the face and chest multiple times with a closed-handed fist, resulting in contusions, small cut over her eye, Wow, that's that's unfortunate. Yeah, um, that's not good. Yeah, you know there, there was always some kind of character concerns with Mike Williams. He had a couple of 900 yard seasons, came close to a thousand yards a couple times. Just one of those guys. If he would have just focused on football, I, I think he would have been okay. But he wanted to be a rapper. I mean, he just hey, the Bucks just, had the Bucks had three rappers on their team last year: Devin White with Get Live Stables, Le'Veon oh, yeah. Bell, and Antonio Brown. So uh, rappers. And players on Tampa's, it's a yeah it has been common on this team, but yeah, it is unfortunate when you have an extremely talented player and 
obviously can't just get it all together. Like, I think of like a player like Justin Blackman, who was so talented in college, but obviously had a lot of personal issues and could never really get everything on the same page when he when he went to the NFL. So yeah, yeah. it's um it's sad. It's unfortunate that it's gotten to that point. Exactly. Williams. Tony says, love the live reaction and interaction of the live chat. Yes, that's that's one of the cool things about, about the, the YouTube experience here on Peter Report TV is not only do you get to listen to Matt and I pontificate and, and entertain and inform you about Buccaneer news, but then there's also the chat that's going on too. Where, where yes, we the chat is those... always it's always bumping. The chat yes. is always, there's always a lot going on. We really appreciate you guys because there's a lot of times I'll see you guys say something and I start like chuckling, but I can't. Yeah. You know, obviously, I got to go on with the show. But, yeah, you guys are awesome in there. No doubt about it. Uh, it it's it's great. That's where we, we read our Super Chats from. Uh, we, we we do take some questions, put some comments up there when, when we can. Um, but, yeah, it's also great to see the interaction between uh, the, the fans out there in Peter Nation, the Peter people, right, out there talking about their favorite team while the show is going on. That's, that's always so cool. So Thursday, uh, I know I said it yesterday, meaning today, but Thursday. New Bucks seven-round mock draft is coming. Make sure that you oh. stay tuned to PeterReport.com for that. Uh, what's up with Julian Edelman? He's not coming. I think that's it's an just, old video. You guys that, talked about it yesterday. That's just Tom Brady trolling uh, social media just because he's bored, right? I mean, and then Gronk um, chimed in too, which uh, obviously gets people even freaking out more. But, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of freaking out, uh, Matt. When you think of bowling alleys, you think of bowling and beer, and uh, but you don't think of great food. But boy, the folks over at Pin Chasers, one of our proud sponsors for years, they just absolutely crushed that notion because over at Pin Chasers, it's bowling, food, and fun. And that is yeah, you are a thousand percent right, Scott. The food is underrated. It's an underrated grill. Go out and try it, and you will be more than satisfied with the meals that come to you. Uh, Pin Chasers, there's so many different locations, but it's such a great time when you go out there. If you got young kids, you could bring them there. It's a great you know, night for a, a family night. You could host birthday parties there. If you don't have kids, no problem. Go out with a group of friends. Go yeah. on a double date, triple date. Yep. Show your girlfriend that you still have some talent left over from your, from your high school sports days, or maybe you're a college athlete. Um, there's so many different deals. The food alone is great, and they got servers that I'll take it right to your lane. So you don't even have to get up. They bring it right to you. But they have different events literally every single night. Like tonight, it's all you can eat pizza after 9 o'clock. Uh, it's all you can bowl on Thursdays. $1, uh, one, $1 uh, Miller Lights, I believe. Uh, you can go and watch the March Madness tournament bowl and have some beers as well, too. So whether you're going with your family or friends, there's always so much to do there at Pin Chasers. So go to uh, pinchasers.net to reserve a lane and uh, you will have a great time. Yeah. I, you know, I, I just got uh, back from, from a beach trip during spring break, but then the week before that, I visited my daughter, Ellie out in Kansas. She goes to Kansas state, like her old man and go wildcats. Yeah. Go wildcats. And, and, and my son Logan loves to bowl. He, he goes to pin chasers Friday nights and does like the, the bowling after dark and, and all of yeah. that. It's, it's a great safe place for, for kids to kind of congregate. He's 17. And he goes there with with his buddy, stays out of trouble and bowls, and um, so he's been bowling. You know, I'm going to be 50 years old next month. It almost pains me to say that, but I've got like these old arthritic hands. I mean, like if you look at that, 
you know, that, that's my crooked finger yep, and yep. stuff. So, um, you know, I've been typing for 27, 30 years dating back to college. And so my hands are just about shot. So I went out there to Wildcat Lanes at, at the K-State campus and, and I put on a clinic. I came back from behind and beat Logan by one point in the first game. And then nice. I smoked him in the second game. Ellie <laughs> loves the bull, but she's not that good. But, um, but yeah, it pin chasers is a fantastic place for the family, for the date night, whatever. So, um, Matt, uh, any, any final thoughts on, on Leonard Fournette? Uh, I, I think the one thing that that's, that's kind of critical, you know, because right now the bucks are chasing the Rams in the division. And if you, if you go back out there to, I shouldn't say in the division, in the conference, yeah, conference. Uh, if, if you go out there and, and you look at the, uh, at the performance by the Buccaneers, Tom Brady was the leading rusher in week three in that 34 to 24 <laughs> loss. Leonard Fournette had four carries, eight yards. They rushed for, I think, 32 yards that game and or 31 yards. And then you look at at the most recent loss. Right. And and that is, again, to the Rams. Right. And that that uh, home playoff loss that was crushing for Buccaneer fans watching the team rally back and then lose in the, in the last couple yeah. seconds. 51 yards on the ground. Leonard Fournette had every single yard. Uh, he did rush for two touchdowns in the game. Uh, caught nine passes, 56 yards. He had a, a very good day overall with 107 yards and two touchdowns. But uh, the Buccaneers could not run the ball in either one of those games. So hopefully Leonard Fournette, the, re, the rejuvenated offensive line with, with Shaq Mason, can get the running game going because that was really a big key during the Buccaneers' Super Bowl run. They ran for over 127 yards in three out of those four games and, and scored a rushing touchdown in all of them. That's right. And, Scott, I mean, you pointed it out brilliantly uh, in your Fab Five where you talk about how the Bucs have to do better in the run game where, you know, even their super winning season, the regular season, I think they, they – uh, what did they rank? They ranked uh, – they had 94.4 rushing yards per attempt, but that was uh, – per game, and that was yeah. in the late 20s. And last year they they improved by they got up to you know ninety yards per game, but that's still towards the the bottom half of the league. And you pointed out in your Fab Five that uh, most of Tom Brady's Super Bowl winning teams going back to New England, they had you know a top tier yeah. running game or in the top right. half of the league. So I'm optimistic that Leonard's back. I obviously still think if nothing too much changes uh, in terms of the offensive line and and the running back room, yeah. they're still going to have a formidable run game, but it could definitely right. be better. So. They got Lenny. I'm excited to see what they're going to do next, whether yep. that means Gronk, whether that means getting a Dom Kinsu on the defensive line. But there are still more moves to come. Yep. Um, but I think patience is the key, too. Um, the moves are going to happen. But as you said, they still got to uh, figure out what they're going to do, whether it's a restructure of Tom Brady's deal, if they're going to move some other pieces around. But there will be more signings. There will be signings all the way up to training camp. So yes. there's still going to be a lot more of uh, moves to be made. But as of right now, Love what they're doing on offense. I think it's going to be another very productive offense in the uh, 2022 season for the Bucks. I agree. And uh, the latest piece of the puzzle was Leonard. Leonard, oh my gosh, <laughs> good stuff today. We appreciate you joining us out there today, Peter. People, you're fantastic with the super chats and the great questions. Um, and uh, we've got another Peter Report podcast coming tomorrow. John Ledyard and I will be back at it tomorrow at 4 o'clock Eastern time. Remember that uh, we want you to do a couple of cool things. One of those is check out the, the new Bucks seven-round mock draft on Thursday and make sure that you are 
hitting the like button on our videos and subscribing to Peter Report TV. So we appreciate you guys tuning in for another edition of the Peter Report podcast for Matt Matera. I am Scott Reynolds saying we will see you tomorrow for another edition of the Peter